of the Spirit called him the helper. So in the midst of our weaknesses, in the midst of the messiness of our lives, in the midst of our suffering, we find that the Spirit also helps in the midst of that. So the idea that in the midst of the messiness of your life or in the midst of your own personal suffering, you're alone, that's just a lie. The Spirit is there as a helper working in the midst of this. Trials in this life are inevitable. Satan will attempt to use your feelings in those circumstances to twist things for his own personal gain. He'll tell you that you're alone, that God doesn't care about you. Today, Pastor Daniel will warn you not to let the enemy's deceptions take root. If you believe Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, you're never alone. The Holy Spirit is with you always. He is your source of comfort and strength. You can rely on him. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Romans chapter 8 as he begins his message, It's All Good. So there's those phrases that people use that if you think about it, oftentimes you think to yourself, is that really so? Like, Like the one, it's all good, right? How often have we heard the phrase, it's all good, but really... It isn't all good, you know. Something went on, but it's all good. I remember this happened to Lynn and I. This was about a year ago. We were driving, my bride in the passenger seat, because, you know, um, she can't drive if I'm in the passenger seat. Not because she's a bad driver. I'm just a controlling person that way. Like, I, like I, you know, so I remember we're driving, right? And, and, and we're heading into church together uh, for a midweek service. And we're behind a car that's pulling a boat, you know? And, and, and you know, anytime you start a story with that, you know where it's going. It's not, it's not always going to be the best situation. But sure enough, we're driving. We're coming down this slight decline and we're picking up speed. And all of a sudden, I notice out of the back of the boat, comes a frying pan. Now you realize that when this happens, like it goes into like super slow-mo, but it's really happening in real time, but in your mind it's going slow. And this frying pan comes out of the back of the boat, it hits the pavement in front of our car, and literally bounces perfect with the end of the, the handle of the frying pan. And I try and swerve and it hits the windshield right in front of Lynn's face. Right? And it just stops. And Lynn's just like, oh. And I, like, I look at her and she's fine. She doesn't have a frying pan in the face. But if we did not have like, you know, good windshield, mama was going home to see Jesus that day. And it was, it was like, it was like unbelievable what happened. And I'm like, are you okay? She's like, I'm okay. I'm like, Phew. so I start beeping because I realized that the guy who was driving the boat, he had no clue what just happened. You know, he's like, he's got a car and a boat, you know. So I start beeping and he pulls on over and we pull in behind him and he comes out. He's like, what happened? What happened? I'm like, well, you want to look at my windshield? You know, and he looks at my windshield and it's like, it's got like the frying pan still not in there because it fell off to the side. But it's like got like this whole, he's like, what came out of the boat? I'm like a frying pan. And he's like, is everyone okay? I'm like, it's all good. Right? But the thing is, inside, it it was all good, but it wasn't. Because inside, I'm like, 
I almost lost my wife, and now I got to get the windshield fixed, and what's going to happen? You know, you have all these things that start going on, the, the, the rumblings of life. And he's like, really, is everyone okay? I'm like, it's all good, everyone's okay. And he's like, oh, man. And he, and he was frustrated, obviously. And, and I'm like, listen, this is going to be fine. We can replace the windshield. You know, and so, and me and this guy ended up having this kind of delightful chat after it, you know, and now part of it, I mean, I think I was partially filtered by the fact that I realized that I am a pastor in this area. And so I was like, I can't really like lose my marbles on, on the boat and frying pan guy. You know what I mean? But really I, I was surprised at my reaction because when I really started to think about it, I'm like, you know, you can't replace a windshield. You can't replace the wife, necessarily, and don't want to. You know what I mean? And it's like, he can get another frying pan, and the boat's still fine. And, and so, like, every, like, it's really okay. And so, me and this guy ended up talking. He's like, well, you're so calm right now. I'm like, well, listen, everyone's fine. You know, and we decided we're going to take care of it. And so sure enough, you know, I end up calling up one of those, you know, come to your house and fix it. And the guy has it in stock. He shows up the next day, super inexpensive. Like they were running a special. Yeah, I guess they must have had an overstock on that kind of a windshield. And so literally I called the guy the next time. Listen, it's all done. This is how much it costs. And he was like, wow, that's so cheap. I'm like, I know, you know, and he's like, well, listen, you come in. I'm like, well, listen, why don't you just meet me over at Crossroads where I work? You know what I mean? And, and, I, and, and, and we, can, we can square this away. And so sure enough, he comes. And I, and I have, like, my book. And I'm going to give him a book. And he's like, so he sees me. He's like, man, thanks so much. He's like, you were so calm. And when I went home and I told my wife, you know, what had happened, I was explaining, yeah, this guy. And, you know, he has these, these long, like, kind of, you know, locks. And she's like, oh, was that Pastor Daniel from Crossroads? <laughs> and he's like, and so I realized that... And I didn't know it at the time, but like my wife watches your videos every day, those two-minute messages. And so she showed me one of them. And I'm thinking to myself, thank God I was thinking it was all good in that moment. Because I would have gone real bad, you know. And, and so sure enough, and he said, you know, I just want to thank you for being so calm, you know. And I, and I was just like, oh, no, no, it's, it's fine. And he's like, you know, one of these days we're going to come to Crossroads. I'm like, that would be awesome. So I actually guess just about three weeks ago, they came for the very first time to Crossroads. And that's a great story, right? But that phrase, it's all good, is kind of a dicey one. Because really, that phrase, it's all good, that is a very biblical concept. But we always say it here all the time, that life is what? Messy, but Jesus is what? Real. So we say that because to me, that's the gospel. The gospel is is that your life is messy, like things don't, even when it's going, things often never go the way you want it to go. So that's messy, right? But the thing is, is that Jesus works because he's real, because he is God, and because he is the Lord of the mess. He works in the midst of the messes of your life. So I would say that the phrase, it's all good, is a deeply biblical idea, but not necessarily in the way that we hear it spoken all the time. So I actually want to unpack for you today how you can truly believe and live out the fact that it is all good. Because although life is messy, Jesus is real. And as I like to tell people that in the messiness of your life, the messiness will either make you bitter or better. That's what you get. It's like, given how you interact with the messes of your life, you either allow it to make you better or you allow it to make you bitter. And I believe that this idea that it's all good, not from like a, it's just a cool phrase that we say to pretend like we're chill when we're really not, but the reality of what the Bible says, why we can believe that, I believe it, I can show you the key to how to make sure that no matter how messy life becomes, you'll be able to see how God can take this mess and make you better. 
So in order to do that, I want you to open up your Bibles, Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, verses 26 to 30. That's what we're going to take today. So this passage that we're going to look at is so powerful, and they're truths that you want to be able to commit not only to your heart, but really commit them to memory. And so if you're new to the Bible, and I realize so many of you are, I want to get you to the book of Romans. So your Bible, you have the first two thirds of your Bible, we call it commonly the Old Testament, which is everything from the creation of all that you can see up until a couple hundred years before Jesus, from the book of Genesis to the prophet whose name is Malachi, or if you're Italian, it's Malachi, you know, um, (laughs) Maybe not really, but anyway, you know, and then you have the last third of your Bible, which is what we call the New Testament, which begins with these four tellings of the story of the life of Jesus that we call Gospels. So Matthew is the very first book in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? And then you have the Acts of the Apostles, and then you have Paul's letters. Romans is the first one. And it's one of the longer ones. And so that's where it is. It's the book of Romans, chapter 8. Chapter 8. So it says this, picking up in verse 26 of Romans 8. It says, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. For we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are the called according to his purpose for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son." That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. And whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Now to put these verses in its greater context, we saw earlier that we need to keep suffering in perspective, right? Where the Apostle Paul said that he's convinced that the present day sufferings are not worthy to be compared with the glory that's going to be revealed in the people of God. So in dealing with suffering, in dealing with our own weaknesses, we have to keep it in perspective in light of eternity. Then he went on to explain to us that really all of creation, everything that God has made, is all laboring with birth pangs for the revealing of the children of God. So all the suffering and all the things we see in the created order, all of this reminds us that there's a day coming when all of these sufferings will cease. And then we're reminded that we need to have hope. And we landed on this idea that hope is when we can patiently wait for God's provision And we wait for it with perseverance, right? And then he says, likewise, the Spirit helps in our weaknesses. And then he goes on. And really what you find in verses 26 and 27 is the first step in how you know it's really all good. And it's simply this, that the Spirit is at work. The Spirit, he is at work in the midst of the messiness of your life within the situations that you find yourself. See, the first step in realizing that it is truly all good is because the Spirit is working. Now, in verses 26 and 27, you really see the Spirit working in five kind of unique ways or five truths about the Spirit. First, we find that the Spirit, He helps. 
Jesus, in speaking of the Spirit, called him the helper. So in the midst of our weaknesses, in the midst of the messiness of our lives, in the midst of our suffering, we find that the Spirit also helps in the midst of that. So the idea that in the midst of the messiness of your life or in the midst of your own personal suffering, you're alone, that's just a lie. The Spirit is there as a helper, working in the midst of this. See, this is how God can transform the most messy things of our lives and bring beautiful things out of it. Now, what's beautiful is, is this word, the Spirit helps, it's in the present tense, which literally means that He keeps on helping. So it's not like at some point in the past, you like, you asked the Spirit for help and He helped you. And it's not like at some point the Spirit's like, look, I've helped you enough. Like, I'm over helping you. I'm withholding my help. The Spirit of God for the follower of Jesus dwells within you and He is an ever present helper. Now, this is what's so important. And I realize that for not everyone who's here at Crossroads, that you put your faith and trust in Jesus. I realize that Crossroads is a church for all people to come and explore who Jesus is, what Jesus is all about. Now, many, many, many of us have put our faith and trust in Jesus. And as a pastor, we, and as our pastoral staff, we are unabashedly wanting you to believe in Jesus. We can't make anybody do anything, but we want you to believe in Jesus. And I realize that for some of you right now, you're hearing this and you're like, well, I've never put my faith and trust in Jesus. Now, one of the main reasons you want to put your faith and trust in Jesus is not only the fact that he forgives you of your sins, not only the fact that he is God's gift to you for your salvation, but when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, the spirit of God dwells within you and then you have Total and complete access to help in every situation from the inside, from the inside. And to me, that is an extraordinary benefit because until you put your faith and trust in Jesus, the spirit is trying to help you. But from an outside perspective, he doesn't have residence in your heart and in your life from the inside. So he works on the outside so that you'll say yes to Jesus so that he can work on the inside. Right? So in, in some ways, and it's a crude analogy but it's kind of like if you fall in love with a gal and you want to marry her, but she won't let you. You got to work so that you can get on the inside. Does that make sense? So that you could be a part of her life in that way. And in the same way, the spirit of God is pursuing you and, and wooing you and, and trying to draw you in so that you put your faith and trust in Jesus so that he can get inside your life. That's what he wants to be because he's a helper and he helps in our weaknesses. The Bible says that it's so beautiful that in our weakness, God's strength is made perfect. We live in a world, we don't like to say that we're weak, but the Bible says that when we're weak, then we're strong. Because it's the Lord's strength. He's the all-powerful one. No matter how much you can bench press or squat, you're still not all-powerful. Right? I was watching a video of a guy who broke the world record on the biggest deadlift. Now, if you don't know anything about this, I know very little about it. It's like when you're down and you have to pick this thing up like this. Right? And I watched this guy and it was crazy what he did. And then after he was done, he passed out and he started bleeding from his nose. And I was like, wow. I'm like, I am never going to lift like that ever. You know, I don't even want to sweat, let alone pass out and get a bloody nose, you know. But then I had this crazy thought. I'm like, so this guy just broke the world's record of the largest deadlift and God spoke the universe into existence. You know what I mean? Like, like it's not like the Lord just was like, okay, I got to get worked up here to get this thing done. He just spoke. Jesus said, peace be still and the wind and the waves stopped. And I'm like, this guy's passed out. Got a bloody nose. God ain't even breaking a sweat. 
So listen, one of the hardest things for the contemporary person, you and I, is to realize that you actually don't have to be strong. Because when you realize, when you come to the end of your resources, then you're like, Holy Spirit, help. And he helps. Because he's a helper. So first we learn that the Spirit helps. And I get that right there from verse 26. Now notice, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession. Now that's powerful. Not only does the Spirit help, the Spirit makes intercession. Now that word intercession is a biblical word that literally means to bear someone's burden. When somebody is carrying a burden, the Spirit comes along and says, let me take this burden. It's when you rescue somebody in the midst of their situation. You stand in the gap for them. And what's beautiful is the Bible says that not only does the Spirit make intercession, but that Jesus ever lives to make intercession. So one of the reasons it's all good is because the Spirit joins Jesus in bearing your needs in prayer. How powerful is that? For the follower of Jesus right now, the Spirit is making intercession for you. Standing in the gap for you. In your mess, in your situation. When you don't know how it's going to work. But not only does it say the Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Wow. The Spirit, it says, groans. That's the third thing we learn about the Spirit here. Now what's interesting is we've already seen that all creation groans. That's Romans chapter 8 verse 22. And then in Romans chapter 8 verse 23 it says, we groan within ourselves. And now we have the fact that the Spirit of God groans for us. It's like the Spirit is laboring with us in the midst of all of the suffering. Creation groans. You and I groan and the Spirit groans within us. So the Spirit, just the way Jesus is incarnational, joins humanity at street level, right where we are. The Spirit does the same thing. The Spirit is groaning, desiring. God's best to come to pass. But now look what it says in verse 27. But he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is. Wow. Do you realize it's all good because the spirit has his own mind. He has his own mind. It's so funny because you realize that the spirit is not a thing. The spirit is a person. Now, if you follow me on Facebook just the other day, our uh, media team had some fun because we posted a video that says, the spirit is a real thing. And the theology police came out in droves, you know. Which I always love because it's like, the Bible says a fool answers a matter before he hears it. Nobody watched the video. They say, he's not a thing. He's a person. And I just wrote in, just watch the video. Because <laughs> in the video I say, he's not a thing. He's a person. But for someone who doesn't know him as a person, they just think he's a thing. You realize that, right? If you know who, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, then you realize that the spirit, he's a person. He's got his own mind. But before you know that he's a person, you just think he's a thing. He just shows up every once in a while and does some crazy stuff. Now there's some, I say that because there's some of you right now who the spirit's a person with his own mind, but you think of him as a thing. Now how fun would it be if I called you a thing? I call my kids that all the time. We call them thing one, thing two, and thing three. 
But we do it in love and in jest, and they know we love them, you know? But the idea for us is that the Spirit has his own mind. And the Spirit's mind is linked up with the mind of Christ and the very thoughts of God that are higher than ours. See, the Spirit is working within us to bring God's purposes to pass. Now, how do I know it? Because in the end of verse 27, it says, For he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So the Spirit intercedes for you in accordance with God's best for you. Now, that's why it says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16, that we should pray in accordance with the Spirit. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. See, for you and I, the first step in the fact that it's all good is because the Spirit is at work. And in all your situations, no matter if you wanted them or if you didn't, if you got that promotion or if you didn't, if the thing that you hope would not happen, if that happened, the first step is that the Spirit is working. He's working to help. He's making intercession. He's got his own thoughts and he's trying to orchestrate things according to God's will as he groans as creation and you groan. Isn't that encouraging? See, the biggest problem for all of us is we want the end of the story but we're actually in the midst of the story. Right now, if you if what you're dealing with doesn't make a lot of sense, you have to remember, you're in the middle chapters. Maybe you're just in the first act of what is happening. You watch any story that's worth any amount of energy on your part, you realize that all sorts of things go on in the midst of the story, and you only know where it lands at the very end. And in the same way in your situations... One of the reasons it's all good is because the Spirit is working right now. Do you realize that what God is up to, you don't even necessarily understand yet? He's bearing fruit in your life. He's helping. He's moving things into place. Like when Lynn and I were driving to church that day, we had no clue we were going to get a frying pan to the windshield. And we had no clue the fact that what God is... And we still don't know what is God doing right now. What's his plan? How is he going to work this stuff out? But one of the things you can know if you are a child of God is that the Spirit is at work right now. He's doing something. God's never static. Always dynamic. Jesus is... Wherever you are in your life, whether your situation is good or bad, Pastor Daniel wanted you to remember something today. You're just in the middle of your story, and you're not alone. If you're a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is with you always. In every up and the down, he's working to orchestrate your life in accordance with what God wants for you. Lean on this helper from above and draw your strength from him. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. Thanks for joining me on Jesus is Real Radio. I realize that not all of you who listen are followers of Jesus. But I actually believe that there are many of you right now as you've been listening, you're saying, I want to put my faith and trust in Jesus. I want his death and resurrection to be applied to my life. And if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer with me, which is just saying thank you to Jesus for saving you. Let's go ahead. Repeat this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for saving me. I believe in you, your life your death on the cross, and your resurrection. 
Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, I'm so stoked for you. And I want to get some more resources in your hands to help you continue this journey. So pull out your mobile phone, text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 51400, 51400, and we'll get some resources into your hands. Now don't go anywhere. Some folks from my team want to share some amazing things with you. Thanks, Daniel. Again, if you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Daniel, take out your cell phone and text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 51400. We'd love to get some resources into your hands, and the Crossroads team wants to connect with you. Next time on Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will remind you that your Heavenly Father is working all things out for good. It might not seem like that right now, but this is a promise to you from God. Your situation, no matter how tough it is, is known by God, the creator of the universe. He has a plan, and you can rest in his arms. God is taking care of you. He can be trusted with every detail of your life. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue through this series called The Secret Sauce next time. Until then, may God bless.